Test one, two. Where's my sound guy? Yeah. Test one, two, one, two. If I can get just a little bit more in the monitors. Test one, two, two. Test two. That's better. That's better. Test, test. It's ringing just a little bit. If we can get the ring out. Test one, two, three, four, five. Test. Come on, let's give the Lord the praise he so richly and rightfully deserved. We're getting ready to go ahead and get started. For those that are joining us in-house as well as online, we thank you for the wonderful opportunity of taking some of your time on a Thursday night to bless and to worship our God. Amen. So for those that are watching us on Facebook, YouTube, or engaging in our live chat room on our church website, welcome to St. Paul Online. Our digital ministers and social media influencers are ready to engage you this evening. Real quick. Do me a favor and uh, invite others to join us online. We want to get our viewership numbers up as high as possible during tonight's worship experience. So if you're on Facebook, share the video of this personal timeline so you can tag others and invite them to the post. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube channel and text the link of this worship service to your personal network. And if you're in the chat room on our church website, click the invite button in your chat window and share this experience with others and also if you do not mind if you do not mind if you would just let us know where you're watching us from put your city and state and of course we want to celebrate you and do a major shout out as far as that is concerned how many of y'all are looking forward to the lord doing something extraordinary tonight amen 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 I'm glad to have the world traveler back with us tonight, uh, Reverend Kelly Baptist. She's going to lead us as far as our worship experience is concerned. And so put your hands together as she comes to lead us in worship. Hallelujah. It's good to be home. The word of the Lord says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will tell of his wonderful deeds. I'll be glad and exalt in you, God. I will sing praise to his name. We gather today in thankful Thursdays because our hearts are full of thanksgiving. We're giving God our best praise. We're giving him our all in all because he could have done a whole bunch of things a different way. But God, a whole bunch of things could have been different for a whole bunch of people. But God, so we take time out this evening to give God the sacrifice of praise. Anybody put the sacrifice of praise after a long day, after a hard day, after a trying day? God is still worthy, he is still good, and we are still grateful. Hallelujah. So if you're no matter where you are, online, in the house, everywhere you are, just tell God, thank you. Right now, thank you for another day. Thank you for grace and mercy. Thank you for the healings you've done. Thank you for your patience toward us. God, we gather on a thankful Thursday just to say thank you. Anybody grateful tonight? Just grateful. Just grateful. Oh no, I'm sorry. I get all caught up when I think about the goodness of Jesus. It ain't just a cliche. That's a reality. You ever just think about how good he's been? Oh, thank you, Lord. Woo. Well, come on. We're going to join the choir this evening. 
morning and opening up our worship, we're going to send up a joyful noise. You don't have to be a good singer to lift a joyful noise. That's why we don't have microphones for everybody. So let's grab our hymnals and join the music ministry in glorifying our God. Amen. Amen. All right. Yeah. 
means all the work isn't on us. All we got to do is just lift him up. All we just got to do is praise his name, be grateful, and he'll do the drawing. Anybody know some folk who need to be drawn? Then come on, let's lift him up tonight. Let's just lift up the saviors that he might draw. We are so glad to have each and every one of you here in worship tonight, whether you are out in the internet or in the building. But we want to know, where are you worshiping with us from? So if you are online right now, go ahead and put a comment in the chat to let us know where you're joining us in worship from. We would love to know. The word of God this evening will be coming from the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 1. So if you've got your Bible, whether it's paper or digital, Go ahead and flip to 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, and we're going to start reading at verse number 2. 1 Thessalonians, this New Testament, just hang it right. Chapter 1, starting with verse 2. And the word of God from the New Revised Standard Version reads as follows. We always give thanks to God for all of you and mention you in our prayers constantly remembering before our God and Father your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers and sisters, beloved by God, that he has chosen you because our message of the gospel came to you not in word only but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and with full conviction just as you know what kind of persons we proved to be among you for your sake. That's a powerful word of God for the people of God and thanks be to God. Let's go to God in prayer. Holy Father God we come before your presence tonight filled with expectation. God, we bring the sacrifice of praise. We focus in right now. We shrug off the rest of the day. We breathe out the chaos of the day and breathe in the breath of peace, God, to take time to sit at your feet, to marvel at your presence, to just appreciate you. Father, have your way in this service, God. Reach through the airwaves, oh God, and the internet and touch every heart that is tuned to you, God. Bring us a rhema word that will change us, transform us, renew us from the inside out. God, we acknowledge that we are your children, God, and we are so grateful to be claimed by you, God. In an era where things change from moment to moment, you are steadfast, oh God, and we give you praise. Father, we thank you for bringing us safe into worship, God. We thank you, Lord God, that you are still a healer, still a deliverer, still an answerer of prayers, God. And though the news may show us confusing things, though heartbreak may abound, though disease may still be out, Lord God, you are still on the job. You said I never sleep nor slumber. So God, we're grateful tonight because we know that we can count on you, God. We don't always understand what's happening, but we know that we can count on you. We count on your word that all things are working for the good of them that love God and are the called according to your purpose so God we gather in your presence tonight just saying thank you just saying we love you just saying we worship you and before we ask for anything Lord we thank you for everything for every heart that is still grieving God we ask that you would lift them up for every mind that is still struggling and in turmoil, God, be their comfort and the lifter of their head, God. Because you are so able, we are so grateful. 
Do what only you could do, Lord God, exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Be on the speaker of the hour. Send your word through him with fire that we might be changed and be a light into a dark world. God, we believe you. We trust you and we love you. In Jesus' name we pray. And we all said together, amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's worship.
St. Paul for the last year. Uh, I just completed my CEO classes and it's been outstanding. I decided to join St. Paul Baptist Church um, because of the relationship I saw with Pastor Scott and the congregation. Uh, I also was able to see the way that everybody was able to connect with each other. It was very important to me that the, that the church that I joined was going to be a place that I could feel like I could be myself, um, that I also felt accepted by a diverse group of people. And, I, and the one thing you do see a lot of is a diversity of age ranges when you come to the church. You'll see a lot of older, mixed with middle age, mixed with younger. And I thought that was very important because as I look at the idea of getting older and starting a family, I wanted to have that cohesiveness with the place that I worshiped at. In light of the fact that I just got married a week ago, um, I'm thankful for family. You know, I look around and, you know, one of the biggest things that I was thankful for with the wedding was the fact that my 95-year-old grandfather was there. And when you have somebody in your family that's that old and they have that much experience, you really learn how to cherish the moments that you have with them. And so speaking with him leading up to everything that it took to get to the wedding, it was a really remarkable experience how he was able to drop some nuggets on me of things that I should be kind of transitioning myself into and being able to have a great relationship with my father. Um, that's one thing that you don't hear a lot about. And I think that when you do have those type of relationships, they should be celebrated. So being able to be really thankful for the men in my life that have helped develop me into the man that I am today. It was, um, it was also special for me um, because a couple months ago I had a conversation with my granddad um, where I was talking about life and the longevity of it. And we had a conversation where very, 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 very randomly I just talked to him and I said, you know, I plan to have about three, four kids. And so, you know, you're going to have to make sure that health-wise you stay good because we got a lot to do. And he kind of dropped on me in that moment that he wasn't planning uh, to be here that long. And it wasn't because um, he didn't want to be here. He just felt like his body and where he is with his walk with the Lord has told him that he may not see it all. And so it was really important to me going into that wedding that we did everything we could to help him health-wise um, be there. And so him being able to be in that moment and to share those special moments, knowing that it wouldn't always be there. And one day that picture is going to change, right? And when you're looking at the people that are in the picture now, celebrate the times that you do have with them. And so that was a big thing for me going into this, and that's something that I'm really extremely uh, thankful for. Yeah. I think um, – one of the biggest things I want to share is the importance of how God can make a major change in your life. You know, I look back at a lot of decisions and choices that I made um, 
throughout my life. I grew up in a family with ministers. My granddaddy is a pastor. Um, a lot of people on my mama's side are in the ministry. My uncle's a, a pastor. My aunt is in the ministry. And I grew up with that foundation. I grew up with that understanding of who God is and who God is in my life. But a lot of years went by when I can look at decisions that I made and realize they were mainly based off of what I wanted and not his will. And so because of that, I found myself on this merry-go-round of continuous poor decisions. And at the time, it didn't really seem to be that that big of a deal. But when I found myself getting to the same place over and over again, you know, this failed relationship, um, this failed situation, and you're sitting there saying to yourself, what's the common denominator? And it was me. And, you know, coming out of the last relationship that I was in, I really did some soul searching to reflect on what it was that I needed to change. And the biggest thing that I need to do is incorporate God more in my life. And so at this point in my life, I've really been able to draw closer to how I was always raised to be from the beginning. That same man that was raised by the loving grandfather that first gave me my first Bible, the same man that was raised by the dad that used to bring me to this church when he was in the quiet. Those men uh, helped me become the man that I am. And so drawing closer to God allowed me to be able to see that for my life. And so once that happened, it gave me a new perspective on life because I was able to humble myself. Right? One of the things that you learn when you take that walk to figure out how you can do a better job of improving that relationship is that you have to look at what you need to improve. And when I looked at the lifestyle that I was living and some of the things that I was doing, it ain't no coincidence why it wasn't working. I didn't understand what it meant to be a husband. I didn't understand what it meant to be a man. I didn't understand what it really meant to sacrifice in the way that you need to to provide for a family. And so when God was able to shift that thing around, my entire perspective changed. And once he fixed it in me, I was able to go out and find the woman that was right for me. So when I came, it all made sense. When I reached out to her, she was in a place where she was available for me to make the connection. I did the little things to try to put the time and the effort in to make the difference and show the appreciation for her. And everything worked a lot more smoother in the sense. And it made a lot more um, sense in terms of the plan that he was aligning for my life. And it really is because I came to him and asked him, I've done it my way so many times. And now I want you to take over this thing. And since I came to him and asked him to do that, he showed up in a miraculous way, which led me to finding the woman that I ended up marrying. It all worked out in a divine type of connection. Everything, even dealing with the family and the interaction between her side of the family and mine, just instantly connected. And everything started to align itself in a way where I could see God's design for my life. That led me to joining the church again. That also led me to getting baptized. I got baptized the day after I proposed to my fiance, who is now my wife. And so the alignment of my life has become a lot better uh, because of my ability to lean on him and his will more than my own. So now I understand my true purpose in life. I think in general during this time of the season, uh, I think in general during this time of the year, there's a lot of activities and events that are going to be going on that's catered towards family. And I think that as we go into the holiday season, as we go into Thanksgiving, as we go into Christmas, be conscious of the people around you that have helped you get the way you are. Be thankful for the lessons. Uh, be grateful for the failures. Uh, because the failures will teach you more about yourself than the success will. Sometimes when you succeed, you can get a false reality of everything that you think you're doing right that you may not be. And sometimes when you fail, you're able to learn more about yourself and it'll help you grow more. And so I just say that to say as you go through this holiday season, spend the time with those who invest in you the most and make sure you make every moment count. Because the picture today won't be looking like won't be the same in 15 years. That picture today and how it looks, the people that are in it, 
the connections that you have, the relationships that you have, won't look the same in 10 years. So appreciate the moments while you're in it and be thankful for everything that you have. Come on, let's give the Lord praise for Brother David Harrison. It was such a wonderful joy to share with him and his bride as far as preparing them for not a wedding, but for marriage. And um, I believe uh, that couple will be a blessing to the St. Paul Church. Good evening, everyone. Uh, We want to welcome you to the last Thankful Thursday celebration as we make our mad dash to uh, the Thanksgiving holiday. And we have a preacher. I'll be introducing him in a moment. But we want to thank God for each and every one of you who have made it out here on this last Thankful Thursday services. And I just also want to reiterate and thank you, St. Paul, for the kindness, the generosity, the largesse that you all have had when we gave major support from our perspective to the Charlotte Rescue Mission this past Sunday of giving them a check for $55,000 toward their uh, facility. And so um, in talking with in talking with the CEO, Reverend Tony Marciano, uh, I believe that we are um, one of the nonprofits that has made one of the largest donations and we did it in such a timely manner. So I just want to thank you all for that. As we move forward, as far as tonight is concerned, I also just want to mention that we want to lift up and give support to Deacon Octavius Williams as he will be funeralizing his 25-year-old son uh, on this Saturday. The quiet hour will be at 11, and the uh, homegoing celebration will be at uh, noon. So we want to give Deacon Octavius whatever prayers and support we can to help him to navigate this this tough moment. In the natural order of things, the parents should not be burying their children. Uh, But we see that reversal of fortune right now, and so we want to give that support. So as we move forward on tonight, uh, we want to make preparation also to give an offering as far as tonight's worship experience is concerned. And I just want to show the Lord how thankful I am Uh, for blessing me with family and an incredible church. Tonight, I'm going to, again, sow a seed of $100 as far as tonight's offering is concerned. You can give whatever you want to. Um, And there are a variety of ways that you can give here at St. Paul Church. First one is, of course, by sending check money order to the church at 1401 Allen Street, Charlotte, 28205. Or you can give... Um, drop off your check, cash, or money order here at the church. Call the church office at 704-334-5309 to make sure someone is here to receive your offering. You can also give uh, through our website, through ACS or Church Life. And then you can also give through the app called Givelify. And if you don't have that app on your smart device, download that app from your app store, uh, connect it to your favorite credit card, and in three clicks, you can give seamlessly Uh, to the St. Paul Baptist Church. If tonight you have a physical offering like I have, um, there's a basket on the outer edges, and at the appropriate time, I ask those that are closest to the outer edge, if you would take that basket, pass it down to the inner aisle, and our count team will receive it. Amen. 
So however you're going to give tonight, whether it is a physical offering or whether it is a digital offering, if you would, take your offering, put it in your right hand. We want to give God what's right, not what's left, and let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, we come and we thank you on this last Thankful Thursday. We thank you for the wonderful opportunity to partner with you through the act of giving. And we're sowing in the great ground tonight as far as our offering is concerned. And so, Lord, we pray you will take this offering and you will multiply it in a Godful way so that your word, your work, your witness, and your worship will go forth through the St. Paul Baptist churches. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And in his name, we claim it done. Let every heart that truly believes say amen. For those that are on the outer edges, if you would take the basket and pass it down. If you have a physical offering, we greatly, greatly appreciate that. And we thank God uh, for your gift. Amen. 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 Thank you all so very, very much. Amen. Amen. They didn't have one down there? All right, my bad. All right, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Amen. I heard a lot of noise over here, so I was looking to make sure everything was all right over there. All right. As we move forward tonight, I want to, before um, I introduce our preacher for the evening, just want to acknowledge all the uh, pastors and uh, ministers in the house, so if you would stand. Uh, we would greatly appreciate your presence. It is great to see the pastor of uh, First Mayfield, my fraternity brother, Pastor Darrell K. Ferguson. We thank God for your presence in the house. Amen. It's Founders Day, so I'm in that mode, bro. Amen. Amen. We thank God for your presence. Dr. Hinton, good to see you, man. Come on down and, and, and sit by Dr. Redman. Keep her straight. Amen. Keep her straight. It is so good to see you, my friend from Gastonia, the Bishop of Gastonia. Amen. We thank God for your presence. Well, it's preaching time. It's preaching time. It is preaching time. And, and with it being preaching time, let me just say that um, uh, this is his first time to the St. Paul Baptist Church. Um, but trust me, when you hear him, you will want to have him back. He is a native of Detroit, Michigan. The Lord uh, allowed for him to move from Detroit about seven years ago to go to Warner Robins, Georgia, to serve the Fellowship Bible Baptist Church there. And he's been there for seven years doing an extraordinary, incredible work. He is a seasoned pastor and a prolific preacher who is in high demand across the width and breadth of this land. And I am delighted that the Lord allowed for him to take time out of his busy schedule to come and share with us tonight here at St. Paul Baptist Church. Uh, he has been preaching the gospel for quite some time. Uh, I believe that now he's probably coming up on at least 25 years, a little over 25 years of preaching the gospel. And let me tell you, the Lord really has an anointing as far as his life is concerned. Married to Lenine, has three sons, Rich and Tola Jr. and Harold, 
and just doing an incredible work down in Warner Robins, Georgia, as far as the work of the Lord is concerned. And so I'm excited that he has taken time out of his busy schedule to come and to share with us here at St. Paul Baptist Church. He is none other than the Reverend Dr. Tolan Morgan, and I'm going to ask that you all will pray for him, pray with him that the Lord will use him in a mighty and incredible way. Not only is he a preacher and a pastor, but he's also a, a musical artist, and so he can preach, pray, and praise. Amen. Amen. And so we're just looking forward to the Lord doing something incredible toward him. I want you to do me a favor if you can. Just point your right hand toward him and repeat after me. Pastor Morgan, preach the word. Pastor Morgan, preach the word. Let the Holy Ghost have his way. Preach. Preach. Now, if you need a word from heaven, holler back at him. Preach. Amen. Amen. After our incredible music ministry blesses us with song, the next voice you will hear would be that of Reverend Tolan Morgan, the pastor of the Fellowship Bible Baptist Church down in Warner Robins, Georgia. Pray for him, with him, that the Lord will use him in an incredible and magnificent way. Be where you are. 
Yeah. 
To God be the glory for the many things that he has done, what he is doing and what he will do. This is the day the Lord has made and we choose to rejoice and be glad in it. We honor our Heavenly Father, His Son, our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who hung for six hours one Friday and died until death died. Three days later, He got up out of the grave, not as a weakling, but with all power in His hands. Fifty days later, He sent the Holy Ghost to reside and to preside on the inside of us, and what a joy. It is for us to know that we're not just his creation, but we're his children. And after all that we've been through, we still have our right minds. But he will keep you in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on him. Let me give honor and deference to your most humble pastor, Dr. Robert Scott, and uh, we can celebrate him. Amen. I want to thank him for extending this invitation for me to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with this expression of the body of Christ identified as the St. Paul Baptist Church. It's a joy to be here and um, you already know that your pastor had a plethora of other options uh, that he could have selected tonight so I'm humble and honored I don't take it lightly that I'm here and I want to thank him for his trust uh, in me for this assignment tonight. We honor all of the pastors and preachers who are present, all of you, the men and women of God that love the Lord that are called according to his purpose, both in the physical space and in the virtual space. We just thank God that uh, we have something else today to be thankful for. And that is you woke up today. You got up today. You came into the Lord's house tonight to worship Jesus Christ. And uh, that's reason enough to be thankful uh, all by itself. Amen. Now, my friends have been here uh, before I got here tonight. Uh, Dr. Tellis Chapman and uh, Dr. John Adolph. So I'm going to ask the sound man to just replay whatever they preached. <laughs> that would be the night. Uh, so uh, you've heard, you've heard of, you've heard real preaching before tonight. So uh, I bid your sympathy as we attempt to share the gospel of Jesus Christ tonight. If it is your custom in this church that you stand for the word of God, I ask that you would do so. If not, I still ask that you will uh, summon your senses and invite your intellect to the gospel that has been recorded by Mark. The gospel of Mark. Chapter 16. <clears throat> and it is there that the Holy Spirit has highlighted for us this context of scripture beginning with verse number one. If I can get just a little bit more volume in the monitors here, that would be great. Thank you. Mark chapter 16, beginning with verse number one. 
Your Bible should read, and when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene and Mary the mother of James and Salome had brought sweet spices that they might come and anoint him. And very early in the morning, the first day of the week, they came unto the sepulcher at the rising of the sun. And they said among themselves, Who shall roll us away the stone from the door of the sepulcher? And when they looked, they saw that the stone was rolled away, for it was very great. And entering into the sepulcher, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, clothed in a long white garment, and they were affrighted. And he said unto them, Be not affrighted. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, which was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. Behold the place where they laid him. But go your way, tell his disciples and Peter that he goes before you into Galilee. There shall you see him as he said unto you. And they went out quickly and fled from the sepulcher, for they trembled and were amazed. Neither said they anything to any man, for they were afraid. Now when Jesus was risen early, the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven devils. And she went and told them that had been with him as they mourned and wept. And they, when they had heard that he was alive and had been seen of her, did not believe. After that, he appeared in another form unto two of them as they walked and went into the country. And they went and told it unto the residue. Neither believed they them. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven as they sat at meat and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe them which had seen him after he was risen. I want to tag this text, the marks of a resurrected life. The marks of a resurrected life. You may be seated in the Lord's church. The resurrection of Jesus Christ, ladies and gentlemen, is the centerpiece of Christianity itself. It is the foundation and the framework of all that we are and all that we believe as Christians. It distinguishes Jesus Christ from any other self-proclaimed religious leader in human, in, in human history. It is the basis of everything that defines Christianity. It is the sine qua non of our faith. It is impossible to say that you are a Christian and do not believe in the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. It is a historical truth because we have four writers who documented their biographies of Jesus Christ all leading up to his death, burial, and resurrection. These four persons, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, serve as news reporters 
covering the same story from various angles. So the Bible says, out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, every word is established. Here we have four witnesses that establish the resurrection of Jesus Christ as a historical truth. It's not just a historical truth, it is a doctrinal truth. As Paul said to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, he says, if Christ had not been risen, then all of our preaching would be in vain. As far as Paul is concerned, as a matter of fact, as far as the whole New Testament canon is concerned, there is nothing else to preach other than the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Even after Pentecost, Pentecost, as important as it was, did not become the message. Pentecost became the power to deliver the message in an international context. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the preaching of Jesus Christ, his death and resurrection still remain the central thesis of the entire Bible. It is a doctrinal truth. It is a historical truth. But it's also an eschatological truth. Ladies and gentlemen, the good news about being a Christian ultimately is that from an eschatological standpoint, Jesus Christ made our resurrection possible. Paul was very clear to tell the church at Corinth that Jesus Christ is the first fruits of them that sleep. So as one man rises from the dead those who believed in him shall rise again the dead in Christ shall rise and those of us that remain shall be caught up together with them to meet him in the air and so shall we ever be with the Lord it holds eschatological truth and historical truth and doctrinal truth but it also, ladies and gentlemen, holds existential truth. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Might I share with you, ladies and gentlemen, here is what the resurrection of Christ teaches us in 2022. Here is the thesis statement of this entire little Easter speech tonight. It's simply this. The resurrection of Christ informs us that God has built all of our lives with a reset button. If you don't get anything else from this Easter speech tonight, you need to be reassured that God has built your life with a reset button. If there ever was time that he has reset us, it is now. <laughs> Your presence in this sanctuary defied the odds because there were so many who said this would never happen again. But God reset you. We've just recovered and continue to recover from pandemic situations because God has reset you. Should you wake up tomorrow morning, God has reset you. 
Do I have anybody in here that will testify that your life has been equipped with a reset button? Every time the enemy has knocked you down, knocked you out, knocked you up, and wanted to take you out, God raised you back up again. Every time you got sick and the doctor said it was not going to get well or better, that you needed to prepare for something worse, God set your life and pushed the reset button. You went through a divorce, God reset you. You lost a job, God reset you. You got sick, God reset you. You lost a family member, God reset you. You transitioned from church to church, God reset you. God, you will have struggling with depression and anxiety and other emotional challenges. God reset you. I am not the only one in this room that can testify that we serve a God that every now and then in your life pushes the reset button. Such as the discipline discovered in the discourse of Mark chapter 16 in which Jesus pushed the reset button on his own son. This is potent and powerful, ladies and gentlemen, because Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. That means he was conceived with no seed. That's right. That's right. But he also lived a virgin life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he lived with no sin. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. When he died, he was put into a virgin burial. Because he was buried in another man's tomb. Yes, sir. Since he had no seed, no sin, and no sepulcher, he had to get up. <laughs> he had to get up because everything that constituted death was absent in our Lord's life. He did not come by human seed. He committed no human sin. He had no sepulcher of his own. So when he said, I am the resurrection, it was inevitable that he had to get up. But ladies and gentlemen, you and I don't have the same testimony as Jesus Christ. And yet he keeps getting us up. I thought I had some church around here somewhere. In a minute, it's going to feel like Sunday on Thursday. He keep getting us up with sin. He keep getting us up in our disobedience. He keep getting us up every morning. New mercies we see. And it is not possible that you can come in this church on any given day and not give God glory for pushing the reset button on your life when he should have just let you die. But this person in our text our Lord Jesus Christ, yes, no seed, no sin, no, no sepulcher, finds himself in the same situation that you and I deserve. Text says it's the third day. It's that first resurrection Sunday morning. Three women 
maybe four, attend his sepulcher with spices that they bought and brought to preserve a dead Jesus. They were coming that morning to embalm our Lord's body. They were coming that morning to service a dead Jesus. Which therefore says, ladies and gentlemen, that we cannot any longer give them credit for showing up to the grave. Because they did not come to the grave looking for a risen Christ. We have given them false credit just because they were the first there. But the first being there means nothing if you came trying to service a dead Jesus. The disciples were not there because they didn't believe. The women were there and they didn't believe. Because if you came looking for a risen Christ, you would not be coming to try to embalm a dead one. They brought and bought spices to embalm a dead Jesus. And they realized that they had a challenge to their intent. They got up before daybreak, got dressed, gathered their spices, met each other somewhere on the road, and paraded to this sepulcher with one challenge. Listen at that question. Who is going to roll the stone away? That question had a couple of presuppositions built into it. Presupposition number one, they themselves were not strong enough to roll the stone away. Presupposition number two, they didn't think anybody else was available at sight to roll the stone away. And presupposition number three, that by the time they get there, the stone is still going to be there. The question had built into it some presuppositions. And catch it, church, with the questions, with the presuppositions, they never turned around to go back home. Let me see if I can shout myself because y'all ain't feeling me right in this section here. They don't have answers to a critical question that is going to be pivotal to their goal. But because they didn't have the answer, they didn't quit the quest. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't know who I'm preaching to, but this first lesson of this text blesses my life because we've got some women that though they didn't believe in a risen Christ, they didn't let the questions make them quit the quest. They didn't let what they couldn't answer make them stop their journey. They didn't go back to the house just because they didn't have it all worked out. What Do you know what we call that in church? Faith. Yes, sir. 
is the substance of things hoped for. Come on, help me preach it. And the evidence of things not seen. When you walk in faith, it is a walk that you got to walk with unanswered questions, unresolved concerns, and unforeseen matters. When you walk by faith, you're not walking by faith because you got it all worked out. You're walking by faith knowing there's some things out of your control, but God is still in full control and you don't quit the quest just because of unanswered questions do I have anybody in here tonight that can testify that's been your journey you've had to keep going not knowing how it was going to work out who was going to step in and help how you was going to get it done but you kept moving and some way somehow God stepped in and handled your unanswered question can I help you preach this text Here's why you can't give up just because you don't have it worked out. Had they went back to the house because they didn't have this one issue worked out, they would have went back to the house with an unanswered question and missed God's unseen hand. You don't know how to shout, so I'll shout myself. Sometimes if God see you coming towards him, knowing you don't have it all worked out, he will respond to your unanswered question with his unseen hand that by the time you get to where you going his hand has already moved what you thought was the problem and by the time you got there while you were trying to figure it out, God had already worked it out by his unseen hand. Let me ask you a question. Have you any rivers that seem uncrossable? Have you any mountains that you cannot tunnel through? I wish I had a church right along here. God specializes in things that seem impossible and he will do what no other power can do. If you got unanswered questions, just keep walking. God will move by his unseen hand. If you, if you, 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 you are walking in a resurrected life, a resurrected life moves by faith. Even when you don't have it all figured out. They get there and see that God has already worked out what they were trying to figure out. That even though they were uh, unbelieving in the resurrection itself, they didn't let the challenge before them make them quit the quest because of an unanswered question. That's God's word for somebody. Would you just look at your neighbor next to you and just tell a neighbor, keep going. Look at the other person on the other side. Tell them, keep going. You, you, you never know how God's going to move. You might miss it if you quit too soon. Just, just keep moving. And you might run into the work of God's unseen hand. They get there and what they thought was a problem has now been removed. 
And there was an unexpected guest there. It was a deputy from heaven who stood by the graveside. So I knew you were coming. And the Lord sent me to tell you, watch his message. Watch his message, y'all. This, this about ran me out of my studies. Watch his message. He said, you're looking for Jesus who was crucified three days ago. He is risen. He's not here. I'm going to run it one more yes, time. Sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You came here yes. looking for Jesus yes, sir. who was crucified yes, sir. because based upon what you know happened to him three days ago, yes, sir. this is where people like him ought to be. But here is the most paradoxical miracle of human history. Dr. Scott, watch what the text says. The text says for the first time, the real miracle is that Jesus ain't there. We have never heard of this kind of miracle ever. Because typically if it's a miracle, Jesus is there. But this is a miracle. Lord, I wish I had a church here. Where the miracle is, he ain't. I, 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 I know I got some educated people around here, but the best way I can communicate this is that he ain't there. Here's the miracle, y'all. He is not where folk expected him to be based upon what they know he's been through. Y'all don't know how to get happy. Ladies and gentlemen, the miracle of your life is that there are people in your life who know what you've been through, know how long you've been going through it, know what you've been struggling with, but you are not where they think you ought to be according to your circumstance. Okay, can I shout myself? God did not rescue Jesus from the cross. He just reduced his time in the grave. I'm about to run around this church myself. What it means, y'all, is it's not that God didn't rescue me from what I've been through. He just brought me out sooner than what you thought. Because you thought I was supposed to have been in it longer. I was supposed to be at home down longer. I was supposed to be depressed longer. I was supposed to be upset longer. But God brought me out sooner than what you expect. Because by the time you showed up, he had already pulled me out of what you thought I was in. Do I got anybody in here that will testify? Thank God he pulled me out sooner than what folk thought I was would be in there. Tell somebody I'm up sooner than what they think. <laughs> I'm back sooner than what folk thought. I'm back to myself sooner than what people suspected because they thought I was supposed to be down longer. The miracle is you are not where people think you should be based upon what they know you've been through yeah, man. the miracle is he's not here yes, sir. isn't it a beautiful thing yes, sir. 
that sometimes the best gift God gave you is the gift of absence. I'm going to shout myself in a minute. The best gift God gave you is that he wouldn't let you be in a place where folk expected you to be. He is not here. He is risen. Because when you walk in a resurrected life, God will release you from the usual hold. <laughs> I said God will release you from the usual hold. He will bring you out of the places where your circumstance says you ought to be. And they tell him, the deputy tells him, now listen, he's, he's not here. He's gone. Here is the tension of the text. I've been talking to get to this one point. Here it is. He said, now, now, sister, you, you, that, that spice in your hand says you're looking for a dead Jesus. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> he, he's not here. He's risen. And by the way, uh, since he's back, he's scheduled a meeting. <laughs> and, and I need you to be the secretary. And go tell his disciples and Peter to meet him in Galilee. Now, I'm slow, so y'all got to help me. When he said his disciples, there was no need to say and Peter. Because Peter is the chairperson of the disciples' ministry. He's the lead spokesman. Whenever there is a reference to the disciples in the gospels period, it includes Peter. But this time, he was singled out separate from the disciples. Tell my disciples and Peter. This is interesting because Jesus, you sir, have been gone for three days. How do you know that Peter has separated himself from the rest of the disciples? You were too busy dying on Calvary's hill to know that Peter has separated from the disciples. You've been down in the pits of hell preaching a three-day revival to know that Peter has been separated from the disciples. How do you know he's not with them? Well, I know because three days ago, I told him he was going to not be with them. Because I told him three days ago before the cock crow on Friday morning, he was going to deny me three times. So while I was up there dying, I knew what he was doing in the first place. I knew he was defecting from me and denying me. So I need you to go get Peter and tell Peter to come join and rejoin the band because when you walk in a resurrected life watch me church you have peace with people without an apology you did 
missed me when I needed you the most. You were ready to cut somebody's ear off when you wanted to, but when I needed you to stand with me, you defected me. You played me like you didn't know me while I was out here struggling, and now I'm back. But I've been through hell and high water, and I don't have time to be holding a grudge with you because I've been resurrected into a new life. And when I've been resurrected into a new life, I'm at peace with people even when they don't apologize. Ladies and gentlemen, you don't have time to keep losing your hair over your own anger and bitterness. You don't have time to be having an old life grudge in new life goodness. Anybody in here will testify you are at a new place of life and that means you got peace with people. Even those who have wronged you. I got peace with you even when you don't apologize. I'm not leaving my church. I'm not walking on the other side of the church to stay away from you. I'm not walking down this particular aisle. I, watch what I'm going to have David's testimony. He will prepare a table. Not in the absence of my enemy, but in the presence of my enemy. Because real peace is not in the absence of your enemy. It's in the presence. Go get him. And tell him, even though he wronged me, he's still on the team. Lord, have mercy to that. That's God's word for one, one of you tonight. No matter what you've done to God, God's word to you is you're still on the team. And I am at peace with you even when you haven't apologized. That's God's word for somebody in here. You can't carry old life grudges into new life goodness. God, tell somebody God's been too good to me for me to walk around and be bitter and angry at anybody. As a matter of fact, I'm not going to give anybody that kind of power. Do I got any help here? That's Jesus' point. Tell Peter, I'm not giving him that kind of power over me. Tell him, come on. He dissed me three days ago, but come on. Because I'm, I'm walking in resurrected life, so I get to walk in forgiveness. I know y'all didn't come to hear that tonight, but that's the word of the Lord from the text. Go get the disciples and Peter and tell him he's still on the team. Pastor Scott, this thing illuminated to me like a light bulb. Jesus said, you want to know why I really said go get Peter? The real reason why I said to go get Peter is because I'm going to restore him because I just got restored. Lord have mercy today. I've been down for three days. I've been through hell and God raised me up. And since I've been restored, I'm going to restore my brother. Here's what the New Testament says about this. If any man come among you, overtake it in a fault. You which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, 
lest you be the one that be tempted. If God has raised you up, you ought to pass restoration on to somebody else. If God has forgiven you, you ought to pass that on to somebody else. If God has healed you and made you whole, you ought to be able to pass that and transfer it to somebody else. I'm restoring Peter because I just got restored. When you walk in a resurrected life, you ought to be able to resurrect somebody else. Oh, praise his name. They said, well, okay, we're going to deliver the message. But when we read this text, y'all, they still delivered the message, but they still didn't believe that Jesus had been risen. Text says they left in fear because they did not believe. And in route to them going to the disciples, Jesus makes his first post-resurrection appearance to Mary Magdalene. At that point, they no longer had to rely on the report of the angel because Jesus had showed up. And he showed up before they got to the destination. He showed up while they were walking in obedience. You'll get that Pride Brown Sunday. He showed up while they were walking in obedience. Not again, not having everything quite figured out. They believed the word of the Lord and Jesus showed up. They got to the disciples. Watch this. And when they got to the disciples church, the disciples still didn't believe. Now let me just dispel this misnomer and tell you the reason why the disciples did not believe had nothing to do with them being women. Mm -mm. No, that's, that's not why they didn't believe. The truth of the matter is Jesus told the disciples about his resurrection before the women ever got to the tomb weeks ago. So their disbelief had nothing to do with them being women. They didn't believe Jesus when he told it to them weeks ago. Because had they believed Jesus, they would have been camped out at their sepulcher with some summer chairs or some lawn chairs that morning waiting on Jesus to get up. Because if I saw you raise Lazarus, promise you I believe you can get yourself up if I saw you raise Jairus's daughter I promise you I believe you can get yourself up their disbelief had nothing to do with them being women they didn't believe the word period but here's what complicated their disbelief here's what complicated it church what complicated it is Jesus chose to put the truth in the worst witness. Come here. The text says there are about three or four women together. And Jesus chose to put the truth of the resurrection in the mouth of the most demonic one. Do y'all see that? I didn't make that up. This is where I believe Dr. Scott Mark was petty. 
Because we're on the resurrection side of the gospel. And he brings up Mary Magdalene, who used to have seven devils. Now, don't play me like you don't have a mark in your life who can't handle your present because they haven't gotten over your past. Preach Tolan Morgan. You got a mark in your life who can't get over your old devils. This is free. Don't take anybody into your destiny that can't get over your history. Preach Tolan Morgan in this church tonight. I said, don't take anybody into your destiny that can't get over your history. I believe Mark's being petty because this doesn't even matter anymore. She's got, she had seven devils. And the person I'm really struggling with here is Jesus. Because Jesus, you knew that she had seven devils. And you know that on average, we struggle to receive a message from somebody when the messenger's reputation is messed up. You, you, you know, we struggle with that. You, 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 we, we're quick to say, before you heed the message, check the messenger. Jesus knew that. And he chose to put the truth in the mouth of the one who was less credible. He could have picked Salome or the other Mary. He picked Mary Magdalene. Why did you do that? When she's got this demonic past. Lord have mercy today. Here's what Jesus shares with us tonight. Jesus' whole issue with Mary Magdalene points to a resurrected life. Because ladies and gentlemen, when the kingdom fell in Genesis chapter number 3, it involved a woman who was under the influence of the devil. I'm coming back to y'all in a minute. And here in Mark chapter 16, when Jesus is getting ready to reestablish the kingdom, he used a woman who was under the influence of the devil. Lord, I'm going to run in this church in a minute. Can I tell you, ladies and gentlemen, what Jesus did in his genius is that he used the same person who broke it to fix it. If a woman under the influence of the devil was involved in breaking it, her name was Eve, by the way. He says, when I come back, I'm going to use a woman who was under the influence of the devil to fix it. That's good news for somebody in here. Because when you walk in a resurrected life, God can use the same person who broke it to fix it. That means if you broke it, he's not done with you. If you messed up, he's not done with you. He'll use you all over again I don't know why you still sitting here like you're not thankful that the God we serve will use you even after you messed it up somebody in here ought to be thankful 
that God will use you again even after you messed it up. Do you know we call that in church? Grace. Anybody got grace on your life tonight? That's the sign of a resurrected life. You messed it up and I didn't throw you away because you messed it up. I'll use you again to fix it if you messed it up. I bid you good night. But might I tell you, if you're walking in a resurrected life, it's a life that God can use again. I said, if you're walking in a resurrected life, it's a life that God can use again. And would you encourage your neighbor next to you and tell him, neighbor, I'm somebody God can use again. Now that person didn't get happy. Look at somebody else and tell them, neighbor. Ooh, I'm somebody God can use again. Have I got a witness here? Would you look at somebody else around you and tell them, neighbor, I'm somebody God can use again. Have I got a witness here? Anybody here ever messed up and you thought that God could not use you again? But when you walk in a resurrected life, God will, yes sir, I said God will raise you up and use you all over again. Have I got a witness here? Let me see if I can close this message. Those women did not believe until Jesus showed up. The Bible says that those two disciples on the road to Emmaus did not believe until Jesus showed up. And we read here tonight in verse 14 the 11 disciples were gathered together and before they were gathered they did not believe until Jesus showed up y'all slept on that the women believed after he showed up the two disciples believed after he showed up the eleven gathered and they believed after he showed up do y'all understand what the common denominator is you can't tell me what God will and won't do because I'm a witness that when he shows up something will happen when he shows up will be manifest <laughs> when he shows up the glory will come do I have anybody here do I have anybody present tonight that can testify God has showed up in your life and when he shows up in your life you can walk in resurrected power. I said when 
he shows up in your life you can walk in resurrected power it does not matter what your past used to be God will Lord I said God will raise you up and give you power to do it all over again I don't know who I'm talking to so can you help me preach to somebody and tell them neighbor God is going to let you leave out of here tonight because he's pushed the reset button tap your neighbor on the shoulder and tell him God has pushed the reset button so you keep going you keep pressing you keep pushing you keep walking don't give up because God has pushed the reset button and you can do it all over again and the reason why you can do it all over again because greater is he that is in you my 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 lord than he that's in the world something inside of you won't let you stay down because every morning he keep pushing the reset button and since you up you might as well give him glory Set you up, you might as well open your mouth. Set you up, you might as well lift your hands. Set you up, you might as well shout the victory because you were down and he raised you up. That sounds like somebody I know. One Friday. Jesus was taken up and then they took him down. He stayed in somebody else's grave for three days. But yes, Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hand. Anybody grateful? you got resurrection power well let everything I said let everything I said let everything that he raised up open your mouth on a Thursday night and give him praise I said open your mouth if he raised you up and you're walking in resurrected life give him glory say say yeah Yes, Lord.
tell somebody, neighbor, I'm thankful tonight. Nobody had to roll me in here. There's no casket here. There's no hearse outside. I got a reason to give him glory. Y'all told me that this is thankful Thursday. And you still sitting there like you ain't got a reason to thank him. Talk to somebody that's just thankful. I walked in here. I can open my mouth. I can tell him thank you. Can I give you some reasons why you ought to tell him thank you? Reason number one, he woke you up this morning. Reason number two, he woke you up this morning. Reason number three, he woke you up this morning. Reason number four, he woke you up this morning. Reason number five, he woke you up. Now let everything that got up praise up. Yeah! anybody else but I needed that word tonight who was that word for celebrate this preacher I see you on zoom come on give God praise those watching us online listen deacons come what a word pastor Tolan Morgan my God what a word what a word what a word What a word. Convincing and convicting. What a word. Because some of y'all still stuck on point one when he said, forgiving folks who haven't even apologized. What a word. What a word. Thank you, Doc. Thank you so much. I want to offer any man, woman, boy, or girl that's here tonight or watching us online.
you can't experience the life that he talked about unless, hear me well, you have Jesus Christ in your life. And I want to offer Christ to you tonight. I want to offer Christ to you. If you're here in the sanctuary, I want to lead you in a short prayer. Prayer of brand new life, prayer of brand new start. And uh, if that's you, then I'm going to ask that you would make a decision for Christ Church online. We'll give you some specified instructions. All heads bowed, all eyes closed. Repeat after me. God, I thank you for this word tonight. I need resurrection power. And I believe you sent Jesus to die for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. And I believe you sent the Holy Spirit to live in me. I need your forgiveness. I want salvation. I want eternal life. Forgive me, oh God, of my sins. Help me be the person you want me to be in Jesus name I pray amen if you're here tonight if you're here tonight you prayed that prayer you're sincere about that prayer uh, you want new life you want to walk in this resurrection power that this preacher has talked about would you just hold up your hand if you don't have a relationship with the God of the universe just hold up your hand hold up your hand if you're watching us on Facebook or on website and if that word was for you and you want a relationship with God, type in salvation in the chat. One of our digital ministers is going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. If you're watching us on YouTube or listening to us on the phone, email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309. Leave your name, your number. Somebody's going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. Amen. If you're here and you're saying, listen, pastor, I'm already saved. I know who Jesus Christ is in the part of my sin, but I don't have a church home. You came by St. Paul and you decided, hey, I think I want to make St. Paul my, my tribe. I would love to be your pastor. These men and women would love to be your brothers and sisters in Christ. And so if that's you tonight, you don't have a church home, would you hold up your hand? You're looking for a place to belong, to connect. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Hold up your hand. Up your hand. Amen. If you're watching us online, uh, on our church website, on Facebook, if you would, you're looking for a church home, type in connect when our digital minister is going to reach out to you, let you know what the next steps are, or email us at connect at spbcnc.org or call us at 704-334-5309 and leave your name and your number and we're going to reach out to you and let you know what the next steps are. Amen. What an incredible word. I want to do something. Just going to ask, take a seat just for a moment. If this word blessed you on tonight, if it blessed you on tonight, if it like it blessed me, I'm just going to ask if you're watching us online, I want you to just sow a seed. Just put it under the offering category. Put it under the offering category. Sow a seed. Sow a seed if you're watching us digitally. If you're in the house, this word blessed you. I am yeah, I'm that type of preacher. I believe in sowing and reaping. And so um, I believe that, that if that word bless you, I want you to just sow. You're sowing in the great ground. You're sowing in the great ground. 
And so uh, we're not going to pass a basket, but if you feel led, you can write a check out to St. Paul Baptist Church or you can bring cash or whatever. And so we're going to ask that you would just move at this time. Just go ahead and move at this time and just sow that seed. Amen. Just go ahead and bring your gift unto the Lord and you can give those that are watching us online. If you feel led, sow a seed, just sow a seed. You sow little, you reap little, you sow much, you reap much. I'm, I'm going to give online another $100 tonight. My God, what a word, what a word, what a word. Reverend Baptist, would you bring me my, my iPad? I want to do this before I leave. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you, Sister Cousin. Amen. God bless you. 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 We have been blessed in an incredible way by Thankful Thursday. Been blessed by in an incredible way. I want to thank these preachers uh, who have joined us tonight, pastors, particularly um, Dr. Hinton and Pastor Ferguson. And I want to thank Reverend Khalil Parker. Thank you for blessing us on the organ. I want to thank our incredible, amazing praise team. Let's give God praise for them. They've been doing double duty this week. They were with me in Winston on Tuesday. They're here tonight. Can we also celebrate our musicians and the incredible job they have done? Amen. Amen. Give God praise for our parking ministry. Let's celebrate them. Our medical team, let's give God praise for them. Our media ministry, thank you all so very much. Our incredible ushers, let's celebrate and give God praise for them. Thank you, deacons, for being on post. Thank you to our ministers who have given great lift over these last three Thursdays. Uh, thank you all so very, very much. Thank you, disciples. And can we celebrate uh, Corey McFadden and Creative Catering for preparing food for us every Thursday night? Uh, so you wouldn't have to go home. You could come here and get something to eat, and then we started worship. Thank you all. My God, Tolan Morgan is the Lord's preacher. He is the Lord's preacher, and we have been blessed. We're going to go ahead and stand at this time. Let's bow our heads. God, we thank you for the preaching of Reverend Tellus Chapman, Dr. John Adolph, and tonight, Reverend Tolan Morgan. How you have blessed them in an incredible way to drop the rhema word that we all have needed physically and virtually. Thank you, God, for persons who have pressed their way to be here physically. Thank you, God, for those who have joined us online. And God, we even celebrate those who will be watching in the future. And now, God, as we leave from this place and space, but never your presence nor your provision, keep us in your sovereign care. And then, God, if you would, bring us back on Sunday morning where we can worship you in spirit and in truth. Give us traveling grace on this night to make it to our homes. And when we get there, let us find safety and security tranquility and peace. It's in Jesus' name we pray. 
And in his name we claim it done. Let every heart that you believe say amen. Have a blessed night. Be safe on your way home. Thank you all so much for your presence. Amen.